Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today, I'm joined by Jake Wegweiser, Executive Vice President of Strategy at Horticultural Creations. Uh, Jake, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, this is exciting. And, and I was going to say, you know, I don't know if you consider yourself a horticulturist. So, so why don't you tell me a little bit more about, about yourself and, and uh, Horticultural Creations? Sure. Um, so first, again, thank you for having me. Excited. I loved all the uh, previous episodes that you've done. So excited to be a guest. Um, so I wouldn't say I was a horticulturist before I started working here. Uh, and then once I kind of got sucked into the uh, labor part of the business, definitely has become in my blood, no doubt. Um, so I am 26 years old. I am born and raised from New York City. Um, it has been a family business. My grandfather started this back in 76. Uh, he still comes in every day, bless his soul. He's 82, just makes a trek in like a trooper. Um, so I've been around horticultural and greenery ever since I was old enough to walk and talk. So, um, it's really been in my blood. Um, I went to school in Boston, studied business and technology, um, and then just realized that New York is way much of a better place and definitely just fit my personality a lot better. So I moved back and just thought a nice young spirit could help a little bit of the uh, older systems that were in place, I would say here. Um, so now we are really just a full fledged uh, horticultural firm, but that's a really wide statement, I would say. Um, and you can kind of think of us as really an art-based design company that uses greenery to highlight a company's brand image and story that they want to tell. And we do it all across the tri-state area here in New York for class A buildings and hotels. Yeah. And that's a really interesting set, a thing you said about art because it's incredible what plants do for a space. It really is like an art installation. Uh, I was just finishing up doing a project for a client and they recently had their plants delivered and the way that it just so naturally adds so much life and invigoration to a space is so fascinating to me. And that's really what I'm interested to learn. You know, when you have a blank palette office space to work with, how do you guys go in and, and, you know, what do you, what do you see where you can say, here's what we're going to do to really make this space you know, lively and um, uh, a place of comfort or, or, you know, artistic vision. How do you guys handle that? Yeah, so that's a great question. So it's really all unique to each individual client. Um, like you kind of alluded to and what I said earlier, we really believe that greenery is a true art form. Um, and like everything else, it needs to have a purpose when going somewhere. So a lot of our clients like having that jungle look where you do a lot of plants all over the place. But we do have a lot of clients who are like higher end corporations who you actually need the floor space to either do trading or call your customers or have client meetings. So really the purpose of what we do is what is the company's brand image? What's the story that they're trying to tell? What do they want to be known as? What vibes do they want to create? Um, I was actually just at a, right before this earlier, uh, Jack Daly, um, he did a, a speech. Yeah, at, I know a lot of people went to that. Uh, yeah, so he he was there. But really, uh, you know, I kind of took bits and pieces from him. But one thing that really stood out to me was his whole thing on culture and vision, right? And I think that, especially in today's day and age, you really need to have a fun culture, a fun vibe, because working from home the last two years, right? When you really can get anything done anywhere, 
you're now competing with the fridge at home or Netflix right up there, right? Or being able to just do those house chores and be on Slack at the same time. It's so hard to keep people focused, but if you can create a fun, truly fun, cool atmosphere at work that makes people want to come back to the office, I mean, that's just kind of the next wave, but also it just really encompasses your whole brand. So what we try to do is really understand that story. So then we can position all those art pieces in different parts of the office to create a warm and welcoming experience when you walk in, or it's to just cooling up the space because it has all the traditional looking marble and stone and kind of cold colors. So it, it really depends, but it's really just all about the story that the clients want to tell for their employees. Yeah. And on top of that, as you mentioned, you know, through the pandemic, one of the things we've realized is people can work from anywhere. And that includes outside at a park, as long as there's Wi-Fi, people are able to, you know, do that. And it's proven, and we'll, and we'll talk about this later in terms of uh, biophilia, nature helps people think and, you know, sparks creativity um, and really opens up the mind. And how has your pitch or proposition to companies when companies come to you are they you know thinking with that in mind that these employees can work anywhere so we want to really create something that is you know enticing and engaging and creative for the client has that changed since uh you know the development of the pandemic so i think i mean that's a great question so there's been a lot like unfortunately plants and flowers we're seen at the beginning of the pandemic as like a nice to have, not a need to have, obviously, which is fine. Um, so we were one of the first services to be cut, but now it's kind of transitioned to exactly like you said, people want to create like a fun, warm place to come back. They want to be creative. They want to be nimble. They Companies are repositioning themselves, not only the way they're pitching to other people, but also how they're presenting themselves with their apparel, with their um, actual office space, big thing is amenities. So what are they offering to their employees, not only and guests to bring them back, but to keep them in the office. So plants are the same way, um, really making sure that we have that creative element so that it's in line with all the stories that they're trying to tell. Um, but what we've really been trying to do is bring that outdoors indoors right. so that people can see that there is a cool relationship that you can have. I mean, I have so many friends. I know it's a small example, but they've told me, Hey, I've become like a plant mom and a plant dad over the yeah. pandemic. I brought plants home to me right on my desk just to sit and work when that wasn't a thought anymore. It doesn't have to be plants. It could be a statue. It could be a sculpture, but just something that, you know, kind of livens up the space. But there's so many health benefits and things with plants that if you do get creative, right, like you said, it really does open the air opens your mind up to be able to think differently, think creatively. Um, I mean, I know that there's so many studies out there, but one that always harps on my mind is people that are around plants and around biophilic design when it's the outdoors, indoors, they actually see about a 15 to 20% increase in productivity just because they're able to feel like they're more connected with their work, connected with nature, and it's just stirring all these creative ideas. So we want to be able to present that as well. So I think you hit it right on the head too. It's really creating that nimble and creative feel. Um, to make everybody just stay at work, be more productive, but also just feel comfortable. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because in terms of just having plants present, even people who bring in their own plants and have them at their desk, it's a strange, strange thing how that does just spark like a, a something in us as humans. And it, it probably goes back to, you know, our, our early days of civilization. We were, you know, hunters and gatherers and 
out with nature every day. And even 150,000 years later, we're still, you know, prone to that same um, dopamine hit, if you will. So why don't we talk a little bit more about that in biophilia? How I could imagine you're, would you consider yourself like a, um, a, uh, you know, like PhD in biophilia or, you know, how far would you say your education goes in that, in that, uh, in that regard? I didn't, I didn't study, um, you know, anything about horticultural going into college. However, kind of just being around it my whole life and seeing the impact that it has and also doing my own research. Um, I am pretty well versed, but really to kind of, for people who don't know, the concept of biophilia is to bring the out at broad level to outdoors indoors so that you can feel the true connection between the man-made and women-made environments of our office spaces and hard structures with the natural elements of outside. And they do have a really nice symbiotic relationship with one another, everything from design elements to how it makes you feel and the health benefits. Um, so for example, I know that we were just talking about this, but also that the Amazon's new headquarters, right? Like that's right. like the future of where it's going. Plants yeah. is actually in the app, like in the building itself. For people who don't know, if you Google the Amazon's new headquarters, it is not only stunning, but just amazing how you can just do some of those certain architectural stuff. Um, but really just seeing how they embedded the greenery into the outside of the building. So it doesn't necessarily look as your traditional corporate headquarters. It actually looks like a really cool, funky art piece in itself. Um, so that's where, you know, it's going, but really bio and putting out back to biophilic uh, design, bringing the outdoors indoors, creating that connection. Um, and there's so many health benefits of it too, with air purification, certain plants give off higher air quality um, and actually remove the toxins from the air. Um, right. So it helps you don't necessarily need to not saying that it's going to replace the HVAC systems because definitely won't, but it always helps. And over time, it's always going to produce the more um, uh, health beneficial air and stuff like that. So all of that comes into to play. Is there a way when you provide a package to, um, you know, prospective clients and stuff like that, it actually shows the, uh, like if you go with this package with this many plants and, you know, this design, you're going to uh, save this amount in, you know, air quality or improve your air quality this much and, and things like that. Do you include that in proposals? There, a lot of clients do ask for that. Um, and we do have, we do have our smarter mathematicians than myself to actually do the equations and figure it out. Um, but yes, that is a common question for sure. Um, and it really just depends on the size of the office, the plants, and it's not an overnight thing, but people know that as you adapt more greenery, it's a slow process. Plants adapt to the new space. That takes a little bit of time. And once they're in the new space, then all the benefits start to come out. But um, we do supply that information for people who ask, and we can do those studies for sure. Um, it's a lot more than just saying, hey, you got four plants and it generates this much. It's yeah. dependent on um, how much moisture you have, what HVAC unit. Um, also, it depends on the dryness and the temperatures that you keep in the office, what specific plants you do have, how often they're being treated, all of that plays into that final number of helping. But yes, it is very easy to look at and show at the end of it. And it's really cool to see like clients' faces when they look at it and they scratch their head at first saying, okay, yeah, I've heard this before. But then when they look at the numbers, they're actually like, oh, wow, like that, that is actually beneficial and that could really help. Yeah. And because you look at some of the laws in, in New York state now about, you know, buildings and, and companies having to be a certain carbon at a certain carbon neutral level. So 
by offering a service like this, you know, that's just one more way to get there uh, and, and do that sort of thing. So that, you know, that's a really interesting like sell proposition yeah. for, for yeah. you, you there. And yeah, being certified is a huge thing. And I know right. everybody sees that around all the class eight buildings, every building wants to be lead certified. And a part of that to help boost your points to get there is having some sort of green roof, whether that, and that's a new local law that's come in, but it's either a green roof or solar panels, really just again, to help be more sustainable. Sustainability is huge, uh, more energy efficient. Um, that is just something to help boost that. And if we can help that and anyway, sure. Um, but it's really cool to see, and especially when clients get that certification and they're super proud of it. And I mean, like really proud and they're really happy to be lead certified. It's a big deal. Like that's, that's what I'm happy to see when my clients, my friends, everybody who I'm connected with is smiling and prospering. And that's just, yeah, it, it, it's great to see for sure, especially on the lead side. Do you consider companies that, are off solar, companies that offer solar panels to be a partner or competition? I'm going to say competition because it's taking business away. However, I think in the grand scheme of things, it is, um, I wouldn't say it's friendly competition, but I think it's, there's a place for both um, yeah. in the world. And I think that there's a unique way where you can do both and people do have both. Um, I think that, you know, it's interesting to see how Amazon is making its headquarters with the plants and greenery on the outside. However, I'm thinking about like a maintaining, I know it might be self-sustained environment, but not everybody has the luxury of being like an Amazon and can afford systems like that. So how do you then maintain something that's, you know, 20 stories, even 10 stories in the building on the side, like that's a whole different animal. So I think in those realms, you can create unique products or even partner with companies like we do um, sometimes to say, hey, this might not be a good opportunity for a green roof, but you should use solar panels instead. Um, but I think it's a good friendly competition. Um, and I think that uh, there's a place definitely for both parties, uh, for sure, if not to work together um, side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was curious about that. That, that is an interesting proposition because you're both aiming to do the same thing, but in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So when you're working on buildings like that, you're going directly after like, is it the developers? Is it the property management team? Who is it exactly who you're working with in, in, in that regard when you're Again, I'm thinking of it from the office space standpoint, and we're, you know, kind of evolving the conversation into whole buildings. How are you approaching uh, that uh, opportunity? Yeah, so office office spaces is you know kind of the office manager, facility manager, director of real estate at kind of the portfolio level. Not architectures and stuff like that. Architects are we keep them in their own bucket. So okay. those would be kind of on the earlier side and more of the initial design and concept and concept phases. We love going in that early, obviously, because you can really do some cool stuff with a completely blank canvas and really design it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one avenue. But then if you want to do the buildings as well, developers are great, again, to get in the earlier side. But it's really the facilities uh, team because um, they're the ones that know the building in and out. They're the ones that are on the ground and dealing with the day to day. So it usually falls under their purview of all of those services. The design aspects and if you're talking about design and concepts and pictures and imaging sometimes that falls on facilities but a lot of the time that goes to more of like the architects um, or those types of companies where it's more design oriented so for the for the green roof like a green roof you would go that would be an architect or a developer okay okay yeah 
because uh, because that's what I'm fascinated about too. Because I think, you know, when you think about Manhattan as a whole, just obviously, you know, that's our canvas. If you think about some of the creativity that could go into building these these green roofs, you can get really really creative and dynamic, and it would create so much beautiful landscape for the skyline and the city as a whole. How are you um, approaching that? You know, ha- first of all, have you done a green roof in, in Manhattan before? Yes, we've done a couple. We actually one of my favorite projects that we did is was for a residential building. Um, we don't normally do residential, but this one actually was a unique project. So they had a pool on the rooftop that was an amenity. And you would think that when they were designing a pool, they would assume that it would be deep enough to swim in. So somebody messed up somewhere and instead of having a six foot pool, they actually had a pool that only went a foot and a half deep, so they couldn't use it. So what they wanted to do was say, Hey, we have this space. We want to use it. So how can we make it fun? How can we make the space usable for our tenants? So it's not just a wasted roof. And what we did was we actually filled the whole, we used the pool as a planter pretty much lined it. And we basically created this whole grass area for people to lay out in, hang out in, um, had all these beautiful flowers and plantings around. I couldn't send a picture after this too, but um, something like that, where not only after it completely avoided that disaster of a pool, people were now able to use the roof as it was intended to, and also has that benefits of helping insulate the property, having a somewhat of a green roof, people were, people were using it, but um, we do stuff like that where it's a fun project too. We had a company that had all this HVAC stuff at the top of their roof and they wanted to cover it up. So we actually built um, living green um, boxwood mats that went around the entire thing to make it look like it was just a green hedge. And that also constitutes. So it's really little things like, you know, something as simple as just covering some piping. It could be something as doing a pool, but again, it, re- it really varies. But yes, the projects and the landscapes that you can create um, here in the city, especially are just amazing because of the creativity and things that can go into it. Right. Exactly. And you know, there are certainly enough uh, water towers and HVAC systems that we see in this city. So, you know, a green uh, encampment certainly doesn't, yeah. doesn't hurt. In that regard, um, I wanted to step back to biophilia, though. So, when you're, have you ever had a situation where you've had a client, and are your? Let me ask this question first. When you do an installation, is that is it more transactional, where you do that project and then you know the the, the project's over? Or are you also you know watering the plants and maintaining them and, and doing all of that stuff as well? Or do you transfer that over? Do you give them like a uh, playbook as far as how to handle things? How do you approach that? So we're full-fledged. Um, so we install, we continue the relationship after should they want us to maintain it. If not, we'll give them a playbook and tell them this is what we recommend. Um, and it's not like we'll ever leave anybody out there. We're always checking in. We're always making sure they're there. I still go on the installations. I still go out and see my clients to make sure that everything is up to par, healthy, and also just that they're happy. Um, so we definitely, definitely do that. Um, and then when the season's over, ironically, we go into holiday decor, which is a totally separate animal and that's, mm. that's totally different. But um, yes, we always make sure that they have some sort of insurance policy to to latch onto and by insurance policy, that's the main maintenance aspect of the, of the plants. 
Got it. Yeah, because yeah, what I'm interested in is like if there's a certain area of the office that may have a um, you know, grass wall or just more plants than than other areas and the company sees one of the things I used to work on uh, when, I, when I was on the end user side working for a company was like heat mapping and, and, you know, why do employees sit here over there and what is it? Is it the furniture? Is it the sun? Um, do you guys often see, or do you ever get uh, callbacks where like, w- we see that a lot of employees really enjoy this space in the office because of the plants? Uh, you know, can you come back in and, and add more here or adjust things uh, this way so that we can make this space more engaging. Does that happen often enough? Uh, more times than you would think. And in, really? a, and in a great way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people realize the they. it's really powerful to see the before and after. And our approach is often less says more. So we don't like to come in and throw a whole jungle look because that can also be very overwhelming. A lot of yeah. plants can be overwhelming. The color green or the same color, regardless of what it is, can be a lot sometimes. Like I, I, I get that. So what we like to do is say, hey, let's focus on your key strategic areas. If you have a reception area, that's your first impression. Something should go there. That's key. Your, your meeting areas or your amenity spaces, those are the next because that's where empl- employees hang out and where they want to go. So start putting them around. Once those areas are designed, then it's like, okay, where else can we strategically put them? And it typically is between meeting areas, conference rooms, places of gathering where employees sit together. Um, We have the occasional where that one employee all the way in the back that doesn't like to socialize with anybody wants their own little plant. And that's okay too. We'll (laughs) definitely give them that. However, what we've seen is really those places of gathering, the conference rooms, the stereotypical, hey, the water cooler conversation, wherever people and employees are hanging out and sitting that's not at their desks, that's usually where something is going to be just because that's where they've congregated. Um, but we get calls back all the time to say, hey, we actually think this area is a little bit dull in this back corner. Can you spruce it up or do you have any ideas? Sometimes we say no and you shouldn't do anything. But a lot of the times we're like, yep, let's definitely do something. And it's a slow, gradual process of making it that end result, what you want to do. So it's a little bit at first, and then we keep kind of coming back and strategizing different parts of the office because not necessarily every part of the office, especially now, has high enough foot traffic to justify something. So that's kind of where we transition to be more of a phased approach versus a throw everything at you at once and see what you don't like. Yeah, certainly. And I could imagine that works out very long term in terms of the relationship and, and just the, you know, the account and the business as a whole. Uh, that, that's very strategic. So when I was uh, working at Indeed, I was doing an opening in Japan and we had a full um, like uh, basically garden in the office. I'm forgetting exactly what type of garden, but, you know, we had the uh, like bonsai trees, like large bonsai trees and and like, you know, basically a path where it was like being in a garden space. Same thing at WeWork. We did that in some offices where, you know, the plant budget extended a little bit. And, and we really had these spaces that were like um, almost encampments in, in, in these, you know, of, of small nature spaces. So it was really cool. Do you have any projects like that that come to top of mind where you've designed something extensive as that, um, that, you know, that really stand out to you? Yeah. So that's a great point. So a a lot of what we're talking about now and coming back into the office is this whole concept of wellness. 
and that extends well beyond plants. And I'm not even considering plants in this conversation for right now. It's really more of like, how can you help employees feel physically better at work? And also now that we've been seeing a lot of with a lot of athletes too, is the mental wellness side. So how can you really make sure that your employees are feeling their best versions of themselves? So what we've been seeing a lot of is amenity spaces, whether that's an actual meditation room, whether that is just a game room, whether that is a exterior terrace, any sort of thing that encourages people to get away from their desk for 10 minutes. You're still in the office, but just take a quick break and you can always come back and you can use it. So um, this concept, we actually, I think what we were going for is like a Zen garden. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going for. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of people are using that to create that calm environment. So we have an account uptown. Um, they've been with us for 25 years longer, just about as long as I've been alive, um, if not longer. And they are actually based out of, uh, oh gosh, uh, it is Japan. They are based out of Japan, their sister company. And what they are actually doing is they have a basement floor, their tenant moved out and they can't fill it right now. So they decided they're going to redo that and make it a whole amenity space with a bar, a Peloton room, a couple meditation rooms, but outside they have two really just little pieces of just exterior spots that really can't be used. So what they asked us to do is to create two versions of a Zen garden to put, um, we didn't end up doing a waterfall, but there's sand along the back with the uh, black river stone. There's actually bonsai trees that are going to be there um, artificial, but just to give that look, cause there's not enough light. Um, and then on the other side, what they wanted to do was a modern one where they wanted to do fake moss on the outside to make it so that it looks like kind of like that natural living green wall. Um, and what they're going to do is they wanted to have wood furniture and a little outdoor fireplace. We didn't obviously do that, but just to tie it all together. Um, so really just making those types of projects, making sure it's, hey, it's not necessarily the main focal point of the outside but it's really nice accent pieces that really tie everything together. And those are projects that I love getting excited about because what better than to say, Hey, I'm too stressed out at work. I'm going to go downstairs and you sit next to, and then you feel like you're in a totally another country for however long you're down there. And then you can go back upstairs and that might've just relieved all your stress for the day or just have taken your mind off of it for 10 minutes, which is exactly what you might've needed to think clearly. Um, so that's, that's the stuff that we're also doing as well. It's a huge part of, the next phase, I think, coming back. Yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with you because now what's going on, and I've been saying this for a while, is offices are essentially competing with retail spaces, which their whole design is based around drawing people in. Like, what are we doing in our retail space to draw people in, whether that's street level or above? How are we getting people into this space so they're buying whatever we're selling? Essentially, the office has become the same thing. So creative solutions such as, you know, horticultural and um, creative designs like that help in that regard. And it's not just, you mentioned, you know, Peloton rooms and bars and, and things like that. That goes into it too, but plants are such an important aspect of all of those because if it's even if there is a bar, if there isn't some sort of, and this kind of stems back to where we started, artistic expression there whether through physical art or plants it's um it's lacking it's not going to bring the people in the way that you would want so that's why what, what you're doing right now and why i wanted to have you on because i think it's so important and so 
um, crucial moving forward and, and recreating the office space as a whole. And that's kind of how I wanted to finish up. We were talking about the uh, Amazon building and how that is just so innovative and, and something that we really haven't seen before, specifically in the United States. I, I've seen other buildings in other countries, you know, Singapore comes to mind, where there are these uh, buildings that have exterior plants and trees and, and nature in They're general. Pioneers for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I've, I've traveled there and I've seen it and it is, it's like awe-inspiring. It's so, so cool. What I wanted to ask is, considering you're involved in the, in the industry and, and you have a pulse on, on what's going on, in 10 years' time, how many buildings do you think we could have like that in New York City realistically? Uh, I've never been asked that before. That's a good question. Uh, I would say, ideally, I would like to have as many as possible. Um, right. And, and, and keeping in mind, sorry to cut you off, but keeping in mind with the new law surrounding like carbon neutrality in buildings, yeah. we're going to have to start thinking of creative solutions for these things. I, I agree. Um, it's definitely right around the corner. It's actually happening right now. Um, unfortunately, it's not one of those laws where people are knocking on the door saying, hey, you need them. Um, and it keeps saying it's coming. So ideally, I would love everybody to have it. But I think it's you know going to be the norm. And if you don't have something, you're going to be like the standout, but not in a good way. Uh, right. People are going to do a double take and be like, wait, what's wrong with that building for not having something green or helping it be more sustainable? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like Amazon where you have the whole thing embedded into your structure. Um, but there has to be something um, and there is going to have to be creative ways of getting it done. I know office spaces interior are using us to do like, um, privacy screens. So instead of, yeah, the plexi, instead of the plexiglass, we actually had a crypto company, they're on wheels, two sides, live plants, and you can put it in between your desks. So people have that nice barrier and also prevents, you know, people from distancing um, and actually helps people from just dis for distancing um, and just having it more aesthetically pleasing than a piece of plexiglass. So I sure. think things like that will translate and are going to continue to translate to the exterior side, whether that's having you know, more trellises with roses and uh, ivies right. coming around um, to create people shaded areas to hang out with, or it actually might be, you know, blockages and pieces of furniture that have uh, plants and stuff around them. There's so many different ways that you can go, but I see it being a very big part of the future, both in the next, you know, couple of years time, you're going to see some companies like Amazon and other big ones making a big push. And then the smaller ones, um, who don't have that luxurious of a big budget like that uh, will adapt it. But um, I would say you're spot on within the next 10 years, you should be seeing a lot of really, really cool changes in terms of um, incorporating more biophilic design and greenery um, into the buildings that we see. And I'm sure a lot of people will just walk by it and not really recognize it. Um, but if you're in the industry and you're in the space, it's going to start to stand out. I really do think because you're going to have to be creative and continue to be creative to stand out, especially in a big city like New York. Um, yeah. So you're going to start to see some really cool things and I'm hopeful and I really am excited to see where it goes and be a part of it too. Yeah. Same. So am I. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, next time we have you on, maybe we'll be talking about some of these new buildings and what they're doing and hopefully involved in some of them, some of yeah. them, and we can you know, have a little testimonial about, about your process and what goes into that. I'm sure people would really like that. Yeah. So Jake, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in person again soon. And we'll, uh, we'll chat soon, all right?
Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was. Thank you a lot. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk again soon.